Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Betches Media presents... Madam Speaker, Madam Vice President. You want to hang out with us? and get your vaccine. Vaccine, vaccine. And so I went to Human Resources. There are some things I just can't tell you uh, on air. The Betches Sup Podcast. A woman's problem, if you will. Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Brian Russell Smith. And this is the Betches Sup Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. We were just discussing a huge topic that I think we will wait to discuss with our listeners, but it is very exciting. It relates yep. to one Watch of our this lives. Space. <laughs> Ooh, Watch so titillating. Space for a cool update. A cool update. You know, I was talking <laughs> to Millie yesterday, and she might have the same update. So I things know. are... Things are things are happening in the SUP fam, you guys. Yeah. What a year. SUP's, the SUP fam is expanding in a You're way. You're going to get people really excited. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we do need a SUP baby, though. Maybe in the next year or so. Who knows? Like, you never know. You never know. You never know. You Brian, never know. it'll be you first. Yeah. <laughs> guys. You could always hire a baby. We yeah. could hire a baby. We could hire a baby. <laughs> We'll just go find a Republican. They've been asking us. Yeah, that's true. We've never we never get that perspective. There's no other show that has the perspective of a baby. Of a baby. I know. And they got their whole life ahead of them. I mean, we exactly. hear from all these 88 year olds. We never hear from babies. Ever. Who more to speak on climate change than an actual baby? just got here i'd be like turn it around (laughs) no thank you so i want to start the show with news that vermont senator patrick Leahy is retiring these guys rarely retire so it's it's big news he's the senate's longest member in office and unlike many of his ancient colleagues he recognizes that 81 years old you know maybe that's not the time to run for a ninth six-year term maybe you've uh maybe you've checked all the boxes sir Yeah, I mean, my thing is always, like, why would you want to be 87 and in Congress? Like, why would you want a job of that level? I get that people who are 87, like, still want to do things. Not ageist at all. Not being ageist at all. Just, like, the opposite. Yeah. when I'm 87, I, if I am, God willing, I make it to 87, I want to be chilling. Yeah, I want like I want my like great grandkids and grandkids around me in my house. I have a boat. I'm chilling. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, and I I want to have been in that position for like at least fifteen to twenty years. By exactly, I don't want to. I don't want to like have to learn how to open a PDF. You know what I mean? Whatever the version of that is. Exactly. Whatever. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to have to learn how to activate the hologram that I need to log into to like do my job. I want to be able to be 87. My grandkids will be like, oh my God, she still uses Twitter. Like, that's so crazy. (laughs) That's for such old people. And I'll be like, I don't understand. Like, I want to be able to live that life. And if you're in Congress, you have to at least 
wake up every morning. I mean, you <laughs> would feel an obligation. You have to, to wear that. Suits. I would feel obligated. You have to wear I a suit to work. That's yes. crazy. Yes. I wouldn't want to do that now. Oh, but alone, like, how long the- does it take? How long does it take an eighty-seven-year-old man to put on <gasps> that many articles of clothing in the morning? Or like <gasps> Diane Feinstein is probably putting on like hosiery. Oh yeah, like, she's like, wearing like, layers girl, free upon layers. She does a full beat every day. By the time I'm that age, I am full witch on an island. Mm-hmm. Like, I need all of my clothes to be flowing. I need totally. to have like many bangles and beads like <laughs> i am not going to be putting on high heel shoes hosiery that's not going to be happening again Makeup. i'm on a boat no exactly i'm on a boat i'm covered in beads that's where i'm at yeah it's <laughs> the only person who this is obviously acceptable for was rbg because she had no choice like she had to be in that job before she died although there are many people that say during the obama administration she could have and perhaps ought to have decided that that was the time to uh, to quit her job, but we just we, need more people to maybe think about the bangles and beads option a little sooner. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, with this, with Patrick Leahy retiring, so he's the Senate President Pro Tempora. I don't think it's I think it's tempura. It's not it's not fried vegetables. It's okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's the senator. He's the senator tempura. <laughs> oh god, that's a funny thing to imagine. But so that actually is a person that the Senate elects, but the way they've just decided to do it as like a norm is that it's always the longest serving person. So after Patrick Leahy leaves, Diane Feinstein, who is 88, I believe, Leahy was 81, so he's spring chicken doing an early retirement. She will be the president of the Senate, which means she enters way higher up, or I think for her, she enters the line of succession. I'm, ooh, I don't know exactly where she might be right under Nancy Pelosi, um, who is not young either, who is also over 80. So there are, yeah, our chain of succession other than our our veep, who is a who is a to- who is a toddler in her mid fifties, we've got all octogenarians. Oh, that's not true. Joe you are even older than he is. I, she's right I under. Googled. It is. It is the president. The president tempora <laughs> is the. <laughs> oh man. So. so you may you may hear Vermont and think like no problem. It's Vermont. I know people from Vermont. They're not going to vote for Republicans. But I mean, you you don't really know. I mean. Residents have elected Republicans to statewide office. The current governor of Vermont is a Republican. There's, uh, you know, you always hear Bernie making sure to talk about how guns are okay. Uh, so it's definitely got got Democrats on edge, especially because there's just this. I'm sure you guys have seen it. We'll talk about this today and tomorrow. There's just some. There's this real defeatist vibe where like 22 is just like we've already lost. So. We're going to try not to play into that, but to the extent that's happening, this is sort of playing. This is sort of feeding it as well. For 2022, overall, Republicans are going to be defending 20 seats and Democrats will be defending 14 now, including that one. So the news of Leahy's retirement came with some headlines that I had no idea this was the case. But there's one state in the nation that still has not sent a woman to Congress or the Senate, and it's Vermont. That's wild. Not even Congress, the House of Representatives. Not Not even the lowly House. Wait, not even the House? Crazy, right? Vermont? Come on. It's a small state. I, I don't know how many reps they, they have. Yeah. But, um, oh, truth. I mean, so that just seems still, like it's a given. You got to get a lady in there. And we still don't have still, a black lady in the Senate. And I know nobody feels good about that. So I think for me, that would be. I mean, if Rhode Island's done it and Delaware's <laughs> done it, like you look like Vermont, 
get it together. You look foolish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're gonna let Massachusetts show you up again. Yeah, again? You're, gonna look, you're gonna look like a fool in New England. What are you getting all these vaccines for if you're not even gonna send a woman to Congress? Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, I think you're right. Vermont is somewhere that's not maybe necessarily as safe as people would think the the typical idea of a Vermonter is. They do elect Republicans there, and there is a very rural element of that state, um, and it's very white. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> so, well, yeah. yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see who they put up because we could also. I mean, it's also an opportunity to get somebody really cool because they aren't afraid to have a progressive, literally socialist senator for many many years. So there's no reason why we couldn't actually uh, to not play into the defeatist attitude. There's no reason why we couldn't put up actually a really cool, interesting, inspiring candidate to be in our Senate who could uh, maybe help with some of the issues that we see in our senatorial makeup. Yeah, I was saying on a recent podcast, and I I just sort of keep saying to myself, like, that was a good point, Amanda. Um, Like, I really think that Democrats, like, what gets Democrats excited to vote is being part of something when it doesn't look like, because right now the Democratic Party, especially in Congress, like, it's very frustrating, but it can look like they're not doing much because we have Joe Manchin and the people he's providing cover for. But I feel like when people feel like they can be part of something, they are they're going to turn out. So if they don't put up a woman for this race, it's like the easiest lock in because people are going to be like, oh, my God, if I vote, I get to be part of sending Vermont's first woman to Congress, of course. So if they don't put up women, multiple, I don't want to see any men in this primary. So <laughs> there is a very long um, a very long serving, very well liked uh, congressman, I think it's Congressman Welsh from Vermont, a Democrat who has long been seen as somebody who might succeed uh, Leahy and take this seat. So we'll see if he if he moves aside. But I think that seat's probably safe anyway. But I mean, if I could give advice to the Democratic Party, it's like just every single state where we need to be competitive, figure out what first we haven't had there. And that's your candidate. Like, Well, also, like, I mean, It's also part of this idea that, like, again, giving people something to vote for, making people feel excited, making people feel hopeful, making people feel like this party is moving in a direction, you know, like, yeah, I'm Mm. sure that we can put up a regular white guy from Congress and who's like relatively moderate or whatever and get him in there and it'll be great. Or we could like make a statement and like try to create a movement that will take us into 2022 that says like, this is what the democratic party stands for. These are the type of people that are Mm -hmm. part of our movement. Like we could, I don't know, we could make some progressive gains there. I believe, I mean, literally Bernie Sanders is their Senator and has been for a really long time. So they're obviously open to some pretty like left ideas and some pretty progressive ideas and stuff. So I don't see why, the left wing of the party shouldn't make a play for the seat. Yeah, totally agree. I mean, like you said, I feel like I like the idea of working to their like competitive nature because I believe New Hampshire has two women senators. So I'm excited for that race. I mean, I'm sort of getting excited because in like we got this, we got Beto's running the next. I feel like once the new year starts, it's like the midterms have commenced. We're going. I mean, only people crazy, people nuts like us who are thinking about it this early, but I'm excited. Yeah. It's been a boring six months. 
It's it's happening. I mean, the calendar is about to change and it will be the year of the midterms. So, yeah, it's happening. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners. I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you are searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone on any occasion. Now it's easier to find gifts made by independent sellers for all of the people in your life, like the pickleballers, I know plenty of those, the jazz fan, the artist, the pasta lover, whatever niche interest they have, you can find an incredible gift on Etsy. From 90s nostalgia and mixology to reality TV and gaming, there is something for everyone. There is so much pressure around gifting. I usually have a hard time thinking of gift ideas specifically for my dad, but my dad loves flying. He loves airplanes. He loves aviation, and he never gets sick of a cute little gift that has a reference to that. And the inventory for that on Etsy is incredible. I hope my dad lives for 200 years because I can get him a birthday present related to aviation or planes from Etsy for every single one of them, if not hundreds and hundreds of years more. There really is that much. A gifting moment is always around the corner, but whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you, Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. So on that note, for the rest of today's show, on that theme, we're going to talk about gerrymandering uh, because it's happening as we speak. I remember like the most I ever learned about gerrymandering was our was our 2020 video series that Brian did. Mm-hmm. The, the gerrymandering video was so good. I feel like we should just use that same script and make it again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, or we could just like change out the graphics to say 2022 yeah. and not tell anyone. Precisely. <laughs> Only <laughs> listeners know. <laughs> yeah. Work, work, work smarter, not harder. <laughs> yeah. This podcast recording is actually from three years ago. We're just rebuffing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're just really good at predicting. Yeah. <laughs> So right now, where we're starting from is that Democrats hold 222 seats in the House of Representatives. Republicans hold 213. That's obviously very close. So the redistricting started this year after the census gave us their data. It was it was a little bit delayed. So this process is really um, getting into gear now. Just with redistricting alone, Republicans have gained five seats. So what this means is all they've done is move some lines around and basically they've they've squeezed out them because they, they've redrawn these districts to be so anti-competitive that like there's just five five they've gotten mm-hmm. out lifting a finger mm-hmm. basically just just filing to run again they're they're gonna win and so some have carved districts as i said in a way to completely eliminate democrats chances of being successful and in other places like in colorado lauren bober's district she got her district got even more red so upset. she had a challenger that people were getting pretty excited about but she got sliced out of the district uh, you can actually run for a seat for a district you don't live in. You just have to live in the state. But as you can imagine, opponents are really good at being like, she doesn't even go here. So it's just yeah. a really hard race to win. And according to The New York Times, the maps that states are making right now are more gerrymandered than any since the Voting Rights Act. So the redistricting process works in a couple of ways. We've been over this before. Depending on the state, sometimes the state legislature does it, which we know Republicans are really successful at winning those. Sometimes they'll do it in a bipartisan manner and the courts will approve them. Often they do it in a partisan manner. Sometimes it's independent commissions. And in some states, the state legislature is Republican, but the Democratic governor uh, may have veto power over that map. So the way that this redistricting process is broken down right now is that Republicans will control the redistricting of 187 seats. For Democrats, it is 75 seats. Wow. Yeah, rough. 12 states have completely finished their mapping process. And with these changes, like I said, Republicans are already set to net five seats without trying, which means they just need to flip five more. 
that seems like five seats. That's a lot. That's a lot. That seems hard. Well, in 2020, Republicans flipped 15 seats. Yeah. After I read that, I felt sad. And it's like, you yeah. know, notoriously, the person who wins the presidency, the party that wins the presidency does really bad in the following midterms. It's just. Yeah. And I've not seen happens. anything to suggest we're not on that track. I mean, the approval ratings are. Well, I also, I was like, you know, and it's like, you know, it's important for them to have things to run on in 2022. Um, And there's not that many, but also even when they do accomplish something, I feel like it's either overshadowed by some sort of like, you know, problem or whatever. Like, for example, with Afghanistan, it's like, it was like, yeah, we ended the war in Afghanistan. Oh, shit. We just like caused this whole chaos. Or, like, this whole infrastructure bill, which has passed. Biden signed it into law. I don't hear anyone talking about it. Mm -mm. So I'm like, this whole long process of, like, oh, my God. So it's just like, please get loud and and do more. Yeah, that process. People only remember the process. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think there's a sense of, like, oh, that whole time, all of that infighting was worth it because look at what we have here. I don't even think people know that this was like the final result. And to be fair, I think infrastructure is like always hard to get people animated about. But yeah, it's like they tend to, I was saying this to Elise this morning, it's like, you know, if there was a supply chain crisis during the Trump administration, they wouldn't even address it. They would blame it on everything else. But where you have the Biden administration, it's like, it's great that they're talking about it, but it's almost like, we take they're like we take full responsibility. This is horrible. All of the global slowdown. It's all our fault. We'll, we'll let you know when we have answers. It's like, dude, you don't have to take the blame yeah. for, for everything. Just talk about what's working out. That's fine. Yeah, I mean, it does just feel again, I don't want to get like prematurely pessimistic about midterms. I think that there are a lot. I think if the midterms were head to held today, we would be in a really bad shape. But People's political memories are like their attention span is Mm -hmm. so short. Like there are so many things I think about the last like round of elections when like we were thinking about the Democratic primary and what I thought what I thought was going to happen there. And then it's like there's a global pandemic and actually people the moderate wing coalesced around Joe Biden and people I think were really looking for a comforting figure who they knew and recognized and wouldn't shake the boat up. And it like completely changed the landscape of the race. So there's so much stuff that can change. But the things that feel really bad and the things that make me feel the most pessimistic and I think the things that are going to depress Democratic turnout more than anything is shit like this gerrymandering stuff that just makes mm-hmm. you feel so defeated and the like the powers that be Joe Biden everyone like something needs to happen to prevent these maps from going into effect because this is we came up against almost having a stolen election our, our system barely worked in 2020 Mm -hmm. and they're literally taking the guardrails down in so many places to make sure that it like that it actually will fail the next time like this is so serious it feels paralyzing well they just move they literally it's like playing football and they're moving the goalposts it's crazy Mm -hmm. and we're all just like this is this is how it is and you know i feel like gerrymandering i mean it started to be manipulative but also there are there are some how do i say it like there are some slightly positive part like like you can also use them to to make sure that certain marginalized communities do have voting power and to make sure that they can they are packed in a way where they can elect somebody that really represents 
them. That's the case for like a lot of African-American communities in the South. But since like it's been 10 years since the last redistricting, the technology, the the technological advances, like the way that you can do it now is I think not is so far beyond the design. It's kind of like anything, everything in our society. I mean, the, the way you can surgically draw a district now to just make the whole country never competitive in terms of the House of Representatives again, it's not. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you, Elise. I mean, I don't I mean know it's a is, crisis. And they're blocking the voting, the Voting Rights Act. And they're not giving. I don't know. I don't know well, what to do like, about this. And it's just, you know, a continual, like, you know, cycle of both parties not playing by the same rules. And at what yeah. point it's like we, we always like there's like the like moral high ground needs to just like stop. <laughs> Like we should have to, we should be if we're gonna play by the same set of rules and you know gerrymander as much as you're gonna gerrymander where we can until we can yep. pass some voting rights where none of us can do it you know it's well let's play by the same yeah, set of rules the 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 big issue also is that the places a lot of the places that have rules about how bad you can gerrymander are places that have fucking Democrats in power anyway. So it's like we <laughs> we've already put rules in place for ourselves that these other places are never going. It has to be a federal law. Right. These other places are never going to self restrict their ability to continue to elect Republicans. It's never going to happen. Joe Manchin tried to create a compromise bill. It didn't happen. Yeah, the where did that go? I feel like after it that failed again, we were like, okay, now we're really going to talk about the filibuster, right? And then we just. We just moved up. This is the thing that is like really I'm feeling bad about is that (laughs) I do feel like the Biden administration, I said this to you via Slack today, is like they're constantly caught with their pants down. Like they're just like, oh, I didn't foresee this. And it's like, like, oh, no, how did it get crazy in Afghanistan? Oh, no, no one's taking the vaccine. How did this happen? Ah, and I feel yeah. like we're staring down the same thing with this gerrymandering is like, yeah, I mean, obviously they've been there. They support these voting rights acts, but it also feels like they're aiming, they're gearing up to do a like, we got to outvote the gerrymandering. And it's like, exactly. we literally, like it's designed so that you can't, mm-hmm. you can't out organize this. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. So it's like, no, this is literally like your job. You well, guys have yes. to do this. Here's an example of another. So Democrats have been able to gerrymander in some place. But like you said, it's like we don't let ourselves in states where states get to choose how they do this process. The so states that are mostly ruled by Democrats are going to do it differently. Um, some good news is that Maryland is uh, basically all Democrats. They have a single Republican House member who's probably they're going to gerrymander out of a job. Bye. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> go. Democrats in Nebraska were able. So Omaha, I believe there's an Omaha district that is Democratic and Republicans were trying to like split it up. So luckily they were not able to to do that. And we still have an edge in Illinois and New York. Uh, but in Utah, sadly, there was a Democratic stronghold in Salt Lake City that they have Republicans have eliminated, which is sad. I know at least seven Real Housewives who could have done a great job. I know. Oh, those Real Housewives are not voting for maybe one. <gasps> maybe Heather Gay. Dem- Heather Gay votes Heather, for Democrats. Yeah, okay. okay. Heather, <laughs> but Heather does it like, like she's she didn't always do that. No, she just started. So it two, was like a yeah. big day when she did that yeah. for the first time. 
Hey there, overwhelmed foodies. Are you drowning in a sea of meal kit options, feeling like you're in a bad dating game where every contestant looks the same, with the same fish picture? Fear not, because amidst the chaos, there's one shining star worth your culinary affection. Home Chef is not just another fish in the meal kit sea. They're the gourmet catch that you've been dreaming of. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes, conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. Whether you prefer classic meal kits with pre-portioned ingredients and easy instructions, speedy recipes ready in less than 30 minutes, oven-ready kits with pre-chopped ingredients, or quick microwave meals that assemble in minutes, Home Chef has you and the entire family covered for delicious meals without the hassle. Home Chef has over 30 options a week, and they serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it is economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. So for a limited time, Home Chef is offering our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash feverdream. That's homechef.com slash feverdream for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash feverdream. You must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. So to conclude, I want to like, you know what? Let's imagine, let's give into this world where we've lost the midterms. What do you want Biden to do? And what do you want Congress to do? I guess without Joe Manchin, because Joe Manchin doesn't care. Joe Manchin doesn't do things to keep his seat. He just I I don't know what his calculus is. But like tomorrow, Joe Biden, you're going to we're going to lose the House. So what are you going to what are we going to go balls to the walls on? Is there anything? I mean, I I was talking to somebody about student loan debt and they were saying, I bet he'll, he'll cancel it. But why would he do that now? People have short memories. Do you think he's going to wait to do some of this stuff? What do you want to see, like, on that list? What do you want to see on so. his, like, last-ditch effort list? Cancel it. Weed. <laughs> Gotta uh, be Apparently, weed. he could do weed. Just, like, anything that he can do by executive order, he needs to do immediately. Like, I don't even know what the, what, like, it needs to be, like, this man needs some good press. And this man needs some immediate effects in people's lives. And this fan needs people to be seeing something. And it's not going to be, I'm sorry, but being like, oh, the bridge is feeling sturdier than ever. Like, it's not going to do it. These people need to be like, oh, my God, my student loan is forgiven. Right. Oh, my God. Yes. I can go buy weed at this store. Like, because right. because my student of... loan is forgiven. Now I can afford because, yeah, all the I weed I want. <laughs> It, yeah, I can use my student loan payment to buy legal marijuana. Uh-huh. That is the jo- that is actually the America Joe Biden needs to put into effect. Before and you know what? If I'm doing that, there. maybe I'll notice on my way there. There's no potholes, and that'll be an added bonus. But like, yeah. I don't know why we thought that the <laughs> that the party that doesn't care that people almost burned down the United States Capitol building was going to be like, yay, roads and bridges. Physical yeah. structures are not are I not compelling to these people. This calm person, they. First of all, bank account is full <laughs> because they don't have their student loan payment. Oof. They're cruising. They're driving to their local dispensary to pick up some um, incredible weed. And they're just like, this is a smooth ride. <laughs> <laughs> this road is better than I've ever. <laughs> yeah. <gasps> completely. Completely. Yeah. You don't have to hold your hold your breath over a bridge anymore. No. Mm-hmm. Those, those, no. those fuckers are staying up. I think- yeah. We'll continue to go ahead. For, like, the future of democracy, I would be like, oh, we have to get D.C. statehood, you know? Ooh, yeah. They got it in this filibuster. There might not be another chance for that. But also, I think a thing that we can scare people, I think, you know, fear is a great motivator as well. 
because um, we all know it is for me. Yeah, we know that Trump is looking at the 2022 midterms and what happened and deciding upon that on whether he will vote. I mean, run for president in 2024. So, like, I'm just like that. That's a good motivator for me to be like, OK, so we just need to make it like really bad for Trump in the midterms. Mm-hmm. And then, right. You know. Yeah, I know. But it's also interesting because tying Youngkin to Trump. Did like the candidate has to actually be Trumpy, I think, for it to work. And if they don't seem Trumpy, then people are like he again with Youngkin. It's like, well, he has on a vest. So he's not. Yeah. <laughs> he's but not luckily, yeah, if it's Trump himself, I think the Trumpism will. Yeah. Well, well, I don't think there's another presidential. He's such like a like Beetlejuice type figure at this point where he's just kind of like lurking around and like he might show up and he might mess around. But you kind of I don't know. I've also been seeing that like Mike Pence might be angling for a. That's absurd. That's absurd. <laughs> Red, we should do a holiday-themed episode where we, not where we fan one fiction person, Can I say, not a I will say this, not one person in the United States has thought about Mike Pence one time since he left office. No, I, I personally have not thought about Mike Pence. I couldn't even... No, I don't think his family members... I couldn't even picture him. <laughs> what, is, what is the Kiki Palmer thing? <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry oh, to this um, man. Sorry to this man. I saw him walking oh, down the street. He's definitely gonna I have, wouldn't know a thing. He's definitely going to have that moment. That moment. Oh. oh. On that note, that is our show. We'll be back tomorrow. Until the end of Democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Brian S. Smith. And this is the Betches Up Podcast. Bye. The Betches Sup Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Sean Kilby. Editing by Jorge Morales-Pico. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore Sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails to suppod at Betches.com. Betches.